The O3C Podcast is a proud member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the O3C Podcast. Coming to you from O3C Games, my name is Jonathan Dunn and I'm joined by my two friends, Chris Dow. Enter the Tetris world. And Minty Booth. Served with your choice of chips or rice. <laughs> and we are chatting about our very favourite video games. Announcement! Announcement! If you haven't already checked it out, do check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash O3C Games. There are a bunch of perks available in exchange for a few pounds of pledging. Bonuses such as deleted scenes, outtakes, they're funny, full bonus episodes, also brilliant and gold, bonus video content, and access to the Patreon-exclusive Discord server, where there's a whole wonderful community waiting to welcome you with open arms and chat all things gaming, and, I mean, chat about us. If, if you want, we're there, certainly. Sometimes. One time... Uh, no. <laughs> Pledging a little bit of financial support to us is, I was going to say invaluable, but it is actually valuable. There's a specific value on it, and it really does help us continue to run the show and uh, do all the other little bits and bobs that we're doing with it. And we're really hoping to, you know, continue the show going forward. So any additional support would be most appreciated. If you're not the fan of long-term commitment, then don't worry, we've got you covered. If you go to our website, o3c.games, not only can you find a back catalogue of all our podcast episodes, a bunch of articles written, think pieces, reviews, loads of video content, there is also the support page, o3c.games slash support. There you can find a PayPal donation button. That's just a quick link to go, here you go, here's a one-off. Here's a one-off donation. Could be a pound, could be ten pounds, could support us for the rest of our lives. We'd love that if anybody rich is listening. Any little bit that you can throw our way would be hugely appreciated. And uh, help us continue. Find inflation the old-fashioned way by spending less money. Check out the HyperX store at Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. Stock up on new gaming gear so you'll be equipped for the new launches and content drops. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't stick around long. So... We have been, all season, amending our top 100 favourite video games lists of all time. We drew a line under our lists when we started the show four years ago, or however long it's been, and we counted down our top 100 games, but what happens to the games that we played during that time? There were new releases, there were games that we didn't know about, there were games we knew full well about and gosh darn didn't play. What we've done is amended our top 100 lists, week at a time, game at a time, it's Chris's week this week. Yes, it is. So he's going to tell us about uh, a game that he's played that he thinks, you know what, this is going in my top 100. But it's not all snow and vinegar, because sometimes there's an aftertaste. And that aftertaste is getting rid of a game out of your list to make room for another one. It's painful. But before we get to that point, we're going to chat a little bit about what we've been playing this week. And Minty's going to kick us off with some updates. <laughs> yeah, so here's some updates. Um, we'll get the Digimon watch out of the way. It's going well. Digi good. Yeah, it's digi great. In full digi solidarity with the RMT, I'm currently digivolving all the train-themed Digimon. <laughs> I've got a Locomon, 
and a ground Lokomon. Do it for Mick Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not lying. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. It was a coincidence, but then I was like, oh, trains? Oh, yeah, yeah, the strikes. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the weakest way to show solidarity. But, um, you know, what else have I been playing? I've got a new idle game that's called Antimatter... What is it called? Antimatter something or other. <laughs> Antimatter doesn't matter. Antimatter Dimensions. Oh. I don't really understand the point of it. <laughs> But bars are going up, numbers are going up, which means it's a 10 out of 10 idle game. <laughs> I've just. Number one. I've just done my first prestige. I've got an antimatter galaxy, which, as we all know, is a lot better than a dimension. Oh, yeah. So that's that. Yeah, that's just something that I pick out every now and again. Although, I've only just bought, like, an auto buyer for every single thing you can buy, so. Effectively, the game is just playing itself now. Or maybe it's playing me. That's what they say, isn't it? If you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Just something to think about, yeah. But I didn't pay for this either. Mm, didn't you? I haven't watched any ads, so... Well, there we go. Anywho, moving on. So, with regards to the editing schedule and, uh, and, and us recording these in the past, as you've been listening to this, I have started playing Dark Souls. Oh! <gasps> yeah! If you have been watching the videos that we've put on of uh, of Jonathan holding my hand through my very first play session, you'll notice that I've been having a, delete as appropriate, nice, bad time. <laughs> <laughs> I have found it rewarding, difficult. <laughs> and I'm excited, apprehensive, to carry on playing. I especially liked it, didn't like it, when I fought the boss, due to the fact that I beat it, didn't beat it. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> That's very strong. Yeah, we're doing that tomorrow night, Chris. Okay. Yeah, but other than that, um, I don't know if you believe in coincidences, but I've started a playthrough of Doom 64 again on the highest difficulty setting, Watch Me Die, which I I guess is ultra-violence for, for the purists out there. I've been playing that exclusively for this week. Because I don't know what it is. It's but... a video game. Uh, it's on the N64. <laughs> it's the... Uh, I guess the sort of unofficial sort of third or fourth game in the franchise. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks. Well, that's all my notes. I was going <laughs> to ask what it was repeatedly for 15 minutes there. <laughs> no, only joking. I've got Doom and I've got Doom 2 on the Switch. I don't know if the transition from keyboard to the analog stick is as good as it could be for Doom and Doom 2 because I don't know what it is. I have a real trouble um, moving in the directions I want and I wonder if that's because the keystrokes from the... I don't know if they're just PC ports that Bethesda have, have, have put onto the console. I don't know if mapping the buttons to the analog sticks that's an issue with it i don't know i don't know but what i do know is i'm way better at doom 64 than i am at doom and doom 2. Mm. oh yeah last night i got up to the first sort of map 7 clone which is which is called even simpler it's like doom 64's version of dead simple from doom 2 which was just a, a square arena very very tough enemies for for that point in the game and you just have to basically kill or be killed but in a small room this time, as opposed to a sprawling map. So last night I must have spent about oh a good two hours just dying repeatedly on on this level. And 
I came back to it today. I'm, I'm going to give the pretext uh, for this in the vaguest way possible to cover my ass. Jesus. There was a... <laughs> that is vague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something happened today, which I... Sorry. <laughs> Something happened today involving someone which I was not a fan of. And when I came home, I'm going back to my uh, to, to, to what I said before about do you believe in coincidences? Because when I came home, I made a quick dinner and that was great. That helped me calm down a bit. But also a couple of dresses that I ordered uh, online had finally arrived. So I put one on and I played this Doom level and I beat it first try because I imagined that the other party in the experience I had today was inside the game. I just sat down, I put it on, and I beat the level first time. And it's really lifted my spirits. So what you're saying is that playing a violent video game actively made you not violent in real life? Well, yes, yes. I mean, I'm not a violent person at all. I loathe confrontation. Um, I don't think I've ever thrown a punch at anything that's alive. But there was there was a remarkable catharsis to this, and I think it mostly is because I I won. I beat that level, and uh, it was a particular roadblock, and now I just feel invincible. That's the power of Doom, that is. That's the power of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's it, actually. Well, uh, I've played a little bit of three different games this week, um, first of which is Jurassic World Evolution 2, uh, which I'm still enjoying very much, although I can say my Steam Deck is not enjoying it, uh, because um, I'm sort of, I'm at, right at the very end of the first campaign, the first Chaos Theory campaign, which is the original Jurassic Park-themed one, and uh, I've got a massive park and the Steam Deck doesn't like it. <laughs> it likes it for a bit. It must be like a RAM issue. Probably. Because the longer I'm playing, then the slower and slower and slower it gets. And if like a storm comes through, then honestly, it's unplayable. It's absolutely unplayable, uh, which is a real shame because I'm like about point two of a star away from reaching five stars on it. And I can start a new, I'll then move on to the Lost World campaign, which I'm sure it will handle absolutely fine for a little bit anyway <laughs> it did inspire me to now that i've got some external ssd drives for my computer um i've got a bit more hard drive space to play with so i made space to install my windows partition again and uh, i've got jurassic world evolution 2 on that it's really nice to play it is it is it is easier to do a lot of stuff mouse and keyboard with it but there's so many like shortcut keys and stuff that i know from the Steam Deck setup that I don't know on the on the keyboard. So if like a Velociraptor breaks out, I'm like, right, I'd, I'd know very quickly on the Steam Deck. Like, ram bam, there we go. Send a Ranger, go and go and sort that out. But then on the PC, I'm like, ah, ah, what's, ah, ah. It's, it's like how I imagine my mum would be if she was in charge of it. <laughs> oh, 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 oh no, oh, 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 and they're dead. But I'm I'm really really glad that I've got it on my Windows partition. It's got a bigger screen, obviously, and you know, nice sort of immediate mouse and keyboard controls so uh yeah i i I hope that i can clear a bit bit of time to play uh the other game that i've uh, continued to play is grindstone i have just been playing so much of it i think i said last last week that there's been quite a few updates since i first played it a whole bunch of stuff that to, to be honest like i don't really like, I never really played around much with the equipment loadouts. I just, yeah. I always found it just best just to stick to shield, arrow, and spinny sword. And it's like, 
that does the job you know you can easily use that for every single thing the only thing i change is my my armor depending on what sort of theme the uh, the battleground is and whether or not i need like poison protection or vine protection or something like this then those those kind of help a little bit um and i wish there was a bit of a quicker way to sort of change your loadout instead of having to go sort of out and out and out and into the inn and in in the inn and then out of the inn and then back and all of that sort of stuff there's loads of little sets of bonus levels scattered around the uh, the levels now as well uh, so i've been doing those as i go it's just great it's just yeah it continues to be insanely satisfying i accidentally turned the volume on earlier and forgot just how brilliant the sound effects are in the game very very strong great soundtrack as well yeah it's just sounds fantastic it's just so funny when you finish a level if you've killed the uh the jerk with the crown the king jerk yeah jerking yeah when you get to sort of like tap and destroy him after the level if you're just sort of sat there he's there just quivering just making an incredibly funny just just whimpering sound uh <laughs> it's just it's just great it's just great it continues to be brilliant i like that that little bit has a skip because mm. sometimes you, you, you just feel nothing but pity for the poor thing <laughs> like it's like oh, I, I don't, I don't want to have to sort of watch the effect of a single punch five times sometimes i just want to get to the next level you you've done nothing to me really you're just there just give me your crown chalk and cheese from your doom attitude then <laughs> <laughs> yeah i suppose so different games different needs <laughs> yeah i've been i've been loving playing grindstone it has meant that i've been staying awake a bit longer in the evenings because uh, I've, I've sort of switched from a for years I was playing this the happy colour colouring in game and then I found another sort of mindfulness sort of puzzle type game that I've been playing for a long time and now I'm just playing Grindstone and uh, it means I stay awake for a lot longer uh, but that's fine because it's great <laughs> the last thing that I've played is I've picked up Monster Hunter Rise again uh, ahead of the massive DLC as it's being officially called Sunbreak that's coming out next week or this week depending on when you're listening to it or last week depending on when you're listening to it or two weeks ago no it doesn't matter but i'm really looking forward to that and i was a bit worried that i would a little bit like what happened with the xenoblade chronicles 2 tourna the golden country campaign when that came out too much time had passed since i played xenoblade and i was just like oh, i can't be bothered to learn how to play this game again but i was like oh, i'll boot up monster hunter i knew there'd been loads of like DLC drops of bonus event missions and all kinds of things all of the ridiculous Capcom crossover things so <laughs> I was going into a hunt and there was somebody dressed as Sonic chasing golden rings and then there was like Mega Man running around and like somebody was riding their Palamute dressed up as Okami <laughs> it's just so so ridiculous but great I went into a couple of hunts and I was just like, I don't know how to control this game. I just don't know. I just, I just like, oh, why doesn't that do that? And does that do that? Does that do that? How do you do that? How, I'm sure there's a jump button. There must be a jump. I don't know. Uh, but to be honest, after about two or three hunts, literally my autopilot just came back and I was doing all the combos I used to do. I remember exactly how I was, how I used to do stuff. So I'm really, really pleased that that's come back. And I'm gonna gonna play a bit more and a bit more until uh, Sunbreak comes out, and I'll uh, then dive into all of the wonders that are uh, in store for me in that game. And I can't wait. It'd be great. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I I have loaded up a couple of new games on my Steam Deck because the Steam sale's on. Oh yeah. And. I bought the Alan Wake remaster following uh, my appraisal of Control a few weeks ago, and that was only like three quid in the sale at the moment. 
And then I also bought a game called Code Vein, which is meant to be well, it's billed as an, an anime Dark Souls. So it's got the, the sort of the stylings of like a Tales game and all sort of anime styling or like Persona or something like that. But it's all Souls-like. It's meant to be very, very good. And I found Souls-like games a really good fit on the handheld. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that. And also, just in case I fancy something a bit mindless, I've also bought Assassin's Creed Origins because I love ancient Egypt and sometimes you just, all you want to do is just follow a marker. And run around Egypt. And run around Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've got a fair few things to uh, to crack on with and I'm glad that I've got a few these big projects behind me now so I can uh, hopefully invest in some things. Chris, what have you played this week? Well, you're going to get a little golf update first. Oh yeah, everybody's <laughs> golf. Everybody's golf. I've beaten the rival golfer now who gives you the special fishing bait. Oh yes. So with a bit of patience, I can now officially grind out the last online exclusive trophy connected to catching all the fish. Well done. So in theory, in a week or two of casual play, that'll be done. There's still a lot to do though if I'm going for the full 100% completion. And I feel that I'm invested enough now that I, I probably will. But Everybody's Golf has a surprisingly deep and lengthy post-credits game like more than I ever realized because I I never got that far the first time I was playing it like not only are there the returning versus golfers so there's 18 of those in total and I'm about halfway through rebeating those there's also hidden golfers that only challenge you once you meet certain career thresholds it could be things like sinking a cumulative number of putts below par it could be taking part in a certain number of challenge tournaments but most ridiculously one is for hitting three condors total. Oh, brilliant. Which in golf language means three hole-in-ones on par five courses. Yeah. <laughs> and that's relatively insane. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's impossible. I mean, it's like physically impossible in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've sunk one of these in about five hours of deliberate grinding so far. And it felt truly incredible. <laughs> like it really did. Georgia was sat next to me on the sofa doing something on her phone and I shouted so loudly when it went in that I gave her a proper spook. <laughs> did you have Ode to Joy queued up somewhere to play? Oh, I wish I had. I wish yeah. I had. There's only a few holes in the game where the feat is even possible. Uh, and the one I've been practicing on requires essentially perfect win conditions because it's based on kind of randomised conditions each day. And then on top of that, like pixel perfect aim and power. And if I hadn't managed to get one already, I think I'd be doubtful it was even possible. But like I said last week, the game never feels obtuse. And even when I'm attempting like a really stupid shot like this, I can always see at least what I'm trying to do. And I feel like I have the tools to try and do it because of that reliable three-click system. It's just a very good game. (laughs) One other thing about Everybody's Golf, which is tied again to this online server shutdown... The easiest way to attempt something like these condors is on the online free roam courses because then you can quickly run back to the start of any hole just to play the single hole on its own. And at the moment, so many people are currently going for the Platinum Trophy in this game before the server shut down that the hole I was on in particular, which is hole 12 on Alpine Forest course for those interested, is always full of weird and wonderful custom characters all attempting their Happy Gilmore long drives at the same time. Brilliant. And then morphing into golf carts to zip her back to the tee when they fail to make the pin. And it's just another playful part of the game that's going to be forever lost in just a few months, which is a, a real, real shame. I'd really recommend that anyone who enjoys silly golf games to give everybody's golf a play before September, if only for a few rounds. I'm pretty sure if you have one of the higher tier PlayStation Plus subscriptions, I think it's free in there as well. So there's not really any excuses, boys and girls. If, if you're going to be playing online anyway, it's probably <laughs> there in your library ready to go. 
In other games, I picked up The Solitaire Conspiracy on the Switch in a recent sale. Oh, that's a great game. Yeah, I, I remember you talking about it quite a long time ago. Yeah, what, what, yeah. Uh, and you saying it was kind of like a, a cyberpunk solitaire game by Mike Biffle of Thomas Was Alone fame. Yeah. And I haven't played that much of it so far because I've just been playing golf. But <laughs> <laughs> from the few rounds that I have played, I do like what I've seen. Like it's got throwback FMV sequences almost that precede each stage. You're constantly unlocking new UI colours and theming after every round, which makes you feel like you're making a bit of progress. But I've not yet got to grips with how the different picture cards are affecting the stacks I'm trying to manipulate because each suit ends up having these kind of operator functions and I just haven't got my head around how they reorganize and reconfigure the card piles to be able to use them properly. So there's real strategy there. I just don't know how to employ it, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. Like, I, I love Solitaire as a simple card game a lot. Like, I'm sure there was an episode a long, long time ago where I talked about the only thing I played that week was just some switch port of solitaire that sounds exactly like you <laughs> but i'm not sure at the moment if the modifiers that this game has placed on the core format are going to click for me certainly not in the way that something like fairy solitaire on the pc did years back which i loved or that is so good or pocket card jockey on the 3ds oh yeah like both of those are, are 10 out of 10 card games that really fit the format of being a video game in a, in a cool way because they do things that you can't do with a deck of cards, which I suppose is the, the real challenge if, you, if you're going to use Solitaire as your base. The last thing I've played was a few rounds of Bomb Club Deluxe that I picked up in the Steam sale after Minty's glowing recommendation last week. Hey, Yay. very nice. Yeah. Cha-ching! It seems really cool. It's, it's a thoughtful puzzle game. It's almost in the vein of the puzzle stages in Choo Choo Rocket. Yes. Like there were hundreds of them in, in the Game Boy Advance port of that game, and it feels quite similar that you're placing things in different tiles and sort of waiting to see if you made the right call when you kind of try and set off the chain reaction. And it's what I would describe as the good type of trial and error <laughs> because you will fail stages, but that's kind of the point that you're, you're seeing how it works. Is that going to get that far? Is that going to work? You know, everything has rules to it that you can work out how to follow and I'm enjoying it. I'm only probably 30 minutes in, so this is not a review in any way but more just a little nod to show that I too am susceptible to the O3C peer pressure. <laughs> See, I like it. That's positive. I like it. <laughs> oh, I'm really glad to hear that. Good. Well, then why don't you, Chris, continue to talk and tell us <laughs> what your amendment is? I'm, I can't wait. Oh. I can't wait. Ah, oh, oh, I'm sat tight. Are you ready? You're strapped in. Well, no, that'd be ridiculous if I had a seatbelt on my office chair. That's not a bad idea, though. I haven't said that. I've fallen off it a couple times. Safety first. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A wild one today, because I am now going to talk at length about a game that I am not going to include on my list. Of course. I'm, I'm breaking the rules. I'm breaking the rules. This is a minty level curveball. It's finally time to try and unpick what exactly Clone Hero is, and what exactly Clone Hero does, and for me, why it is simultaneously a game but also a platform and almost like its own piece of hardware. And in that weird sort of mix, in my mind, not really eligible for my top 100, the more I've thought about it. So it's been sat on my big spreadsheet for months now. And now that it's finally come time to talk about it, I just, I, I can't make it fit. I can't make it work. So the very basics first. If you're new to the show and haven't heard me mention it before, Clone Hero is a reverse engineered freeware take on Guitar Hero, Rock Band or any of the other five note plastic instrument music games. Notes come down a highway towards you, you hold a fret button on your plastic axe of choice, you click a little strum bar as it passes the strike line, and then you get ready for the next note. And 
almost everyone who is conscious of games or interactive entertainment knows what Guitar Hero is because it spilled over into popular culture in a sort of parallel evolution to the Nintendo Wii and their Blue Ocean strategy where developers and publishers actively tried to change how video games were perceived in society by just offering incredibly approachable experiences that appealed to basically everyone, including those outside of traditional gamer demographics. I loved Guitar Hero from its first incarnation on the PS2. I loved Rock Band even more when it came out on the Xbox 360. And Rock Band 3 is currently ranked as my sixth favourite game of all time. And in putting together our addendum lists, I thought that Clone Hero would just be essentially a straight swap for Rock Band 3. Because I asked myself the question, is Clone Hero better than Rock Band 3? And then I thought, yeah, absolutely, absolutely yes. But also, absolutely no. <laughs> In so many ways, absolutely no. Because Clone Hero is a better implementation of the rhythm-based game mechanics of Guitar Hero and Rock Band than either of those franchises at any point. Because it has better practice modes, it has better customization, it has more refined timing windows, uh, hardcore techniques like tapping or hammer-ons and pull-offs, they're all better implemented here than they've ever been in the core games. And it also gives you the chance to run with what Rock Band 3 in particular did best, which is letting you build and create your own library of songs, like completely in your image. If I take my Rock Band 3 library, by the time I'd stopped buying downloadable content, I had well over a thousand tracks. And outside of a few weird pop songs that might have been bought for parties or the odd piece of guitar wank <laughs> I purchased solely to try and improve my soloing skills, the set list that I'd curated at that end point felt very aligned to me and my tastes. So my library had a decent amount of Steely Dan. It had every track by the prog rock group Yes, yes! that was released. I had alt-rock like The Smashing Pumpkins or The Dead Weather. I had post-punk like Devo or Talking Heads. I had weird electro-pop and black metal from the Xbox-exclusive rock band network of independently authored tracks. And it was just a really nice, homely library. Like, basically, whatever I was in the mood for, there was something I could play. And since any song can be charted easily for Clone Hero, and any song that existed in the Guitar Hero or Rockman franchise has been exported and converted for that engine, in 2022 it's possible to pick and choose from tens of thousands of songs for Clone Hero, and no one Clone Hero library is going to align with another. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I really like that about it. But, but, <laughs> but, Clone Hero as a conduit for rhythm gaming, it can easily become the emulation station to the Evercade, say. And my portable hard drive with all of its 50,000 games on it, all those ROMs and disk images, it's a much better emulation solution than the Evercade, 100%. You know, there's more choice, there's more display options, there's better control support, there's endlessly customizable visuals, there's zero input lag. But day to day, I play the Evercade way, way more because each collection of eight or 10 or 12 games it's chosen and it's fixed. And because of that, of course I've not played every game on the hard drive I have because I don't have a million years of free time. I've also not played every game even on lesser platforms like the Sega SG-1000, which had about 60 released games. And yet I have played every game on the Evercade, you know? Not necessarily super in-depth, but I've given at least a cursory five minutes to all of them. Because with the, the big hard drive, without that level of curation... You don't give proper time to things. But with the Evercade, I've found games like Mappy or Mappy Kids on the Namco collection that I've really loved. I'd probably never have glanced at a Dizzy game ever again. And yet a few months ago, I beat Treasure Island Dizzy 
in its entirety on the Evercade, even with its absurd one-hit kill setup. You know, I wouldn't have heard of ancient Codemasters games like Boomerang Kid or Super Robin Hood on the NES, which are <laughs> both really fun times. And in that way, you know, with, with the games on my Xbox, with the Guitar Hero games, the Rock Band games, I've beat every single setlist song in every single Guitar Hero and Rock Band game on Expert with five stars. And in doing that back then, I learned about artists I'd never given even five minutes to. And I came to appreciate bands that I'd previously written off, like, say, ACDC, because of the way the game isolates instruments, it just lets you appreciate the intricacies and subtleties of songs that you may have previously only thought of as being radio fodder. You just never gave it a second thought. Like the baseline for YMCA. Yeah, exactly. There's all this good stuff, but we, we don't always notice it because you're not keyed in when you're just listening to something casually. Mm. It's a very passive experience music sometimes, and, and these games made it just so much more active. So in contrast, of course, with Clone Hero, I haven't beaten every one of the 5,000 tracks I've downloaded and hoarded. <laughs> of course I haven't. Like, Lazy. <laughs> even knowing where to start sometimes when I boot the thing up is a bit of a fool's errand. A to Z. <laughs> <laughs> so Clone Hero, it's a game, of course, in as much as if I want to play a peripheral-based guitar rhythm game, I can sit at my computer and I can boot up the application but the way I view it, and the more I've had to think about it, I see it more as a platform to revisit the ideas of Rock Band and Guitar Hero, like a hobbyist thing that is letting me continue to appreciate something that the big publishers have left dormant. But it doesn't feel like it's a game game because I can't buy Clone Hero in a shop. Getting a plastic guitar that's compatible with a modern PC at all is tough. If things do break when you find one without accessing specialist modders, it can be proper kill screen game over stuff. Like I've tried to personally jerry-rig old USB guitars with electrical tape to try and fix over-strumming or false input issues with varied degrees of success. I've now had to buy a, a quite costly hand-customized guitar just this year, which takes the shell of an old controller and then replaces everything inside it with modern mechanical frets and hardwired USB out and an Arduino controller that's shoved in its guts to improve its latency. And all these things are not steps that are generally required to enjoy a game. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's unlikely that many listening, even to, you know, a specialist game show like this, know of Clone Hero, lest play Clone Hero. And yet I've put so much time into it personally that I felt I had to give it proper billing in some way even if I don't think I can comfortably insert it alongside the sort of games that have made up the rest of my century list. I got into Clone Hero after my brother bought me a PC-compatible guitar as an early Christmas present after I separated from my then fiance, and it was a pretty tough time. But Clone Hero became a pretty vital component of my recovery and well-being from that life event. You know, even building the library was something I could do and, and focus on and, and commit to. And that, that felt good when I didn't really know what I was doing in the rest of my life. So I could say, you know, the game of Clone Hero was in setting the thing up for the first time and adjusting the latencies until the controller felt right. Or I could say the game of Clone Hero was originally scouring the web for shared spreadsheets spoken of by YouTubers in hushed tones that linked to Mediafire accounts and Google Drive stuffed full of dubiously legal set lists from old Guitar Hero titles. <laughs> I could say the game of Clone Hero was the first time I had to actually take apart the entire controller to try and find out why the strum bar was registering a hit when my hand was nowhere near it. Maybe the game of Clone Hero was the first time I hit a full combo in, in the new engine or when I seven starred the entire set list of the first Guitar Hero game 
or maybe it was searching through the fantastic website Chorus, which just lists and catalogues tens of thousands of custom charts for bands that I knew and loved, but had never seen official representation in, in any of these games. Or maybe the game with Clone Hero was trying and failing to create a note chart for one of my own songs. Never made much progress, but it was something I did and something I put time into. And I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that the game of Clone Hero is all of these things and none of these things. And that the game as a concept is still better represented on my list by Rock Band 3. Because that's the title I associate with uni parties. That's the title that really taught me how to play drums in real life. That's the title I would use as a catch-all for this genre, as a distillation of that moment in games and, and that moment in time, really, when people who didn't generally enjoy video games were playing them in a, in a social setting, and it was really nice to see. And yet, as much as I love Rock Band 3, I'll probably never fucking play it again, <laughs> because Clone <laughs> Hero exists, and it's infinitely expandable, and if I bought the right drum kit, I could have that in the lounge, and I could play the songs that way. <laughs> But because it doesn't have the Evercade-style curation, it doesn't have uh, developer Harmonix's character, because there's no art or background imagery when you're playing Clone Hero outside of just the Note Highway and the gems, it doesn't even really let you set up four-player in the same way the Xbox or PlayStation titles did. So it's never really going to be a proper analogue for what that game felt like and what it represented when I was playing it, kind of, you know, day and date, when it was in my Xbox consistently for about three years. So... Clone Hero feels like a tool, not a product or a game per se, but a tool and a tool that I've played for hundreds of hours at this stage, which is a very, very long winded way of saying that therefore today Clone Hero is not going on the list and therefore I'm taking out nothing to add nothing. <laughs> the list, the list is as the list was for this week only. No vinegary aftertaste for Chris today. <laughs> no acrid vinegar for me. Why do I even bother? <laughs> though to be fair, even though nothing is going out and nothing is coming in, I still don't feel shortchanged by this at all. Good. I think it's been a really lovely dissection of, uh, of, of, I guess, the culture surrounding these uh, these plasticky peripherals, and mm. it's always nice to hear you sort of delve into a little bit outside of uh, uh, of what makes a game a game so i've really enjoyed today i thought it was a great analysis i'm glad i mean it's probably not dissimilar to someone these days could feasibly play doom mods forever using like a, a pc tool like gz doom yes and if you're doing that if you're just using an interpreter doom is no longer the game really that you are playing and enjoying you're just playing hundreds of versions of doomish things that use it as a base if you're not playing doom then you are the doom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's all these different tools the, the computer like the personal computer just opens so many of these things up and as much as i am still i would say very much a a console gamer the kind of walled garden approach of machines that play the things you put in them and nothing else when you have a little taste of, of what is available, when you really sit at a computer and find out just how much you can modify and adapt and, and fiddle around with stuff, there's just an infinite number of experiences out there for almost any game you've enjoyed previously. And I think that's something really special. And in this case, Clone Hero is taking something that I can't see Activision ever bringing back. And yet I can play it anytime day or night until I die <laughs> as, as long as these kind of tools are available and I think that's a really really beautiful thing communities that just 
won't let these things go because they know there is an audience, even if there is not money in, in a sense, you know, a publisher will only continue to, to fund things if they think they're going to make something out of it. Whereas people that just love it for the sake of loving it, just want more people to say, cool, I love that. <laughs> That's their yeah. payment. And it's what they're getting paid in droves, essentially, by these little micro communities. That's it. Like the community surrounding some of these games is just electrifying. Like Doom Modders, Quake Mappers, uh, the people that translated Mother 3. Yeah. And people who are making tens of thousands of songs for what is essentially the shell, the framework of, of Guitar Hero. Like just people picking them up because they love it so much and running with it. It's, yeah, it's, it's quite something. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. So there we go. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, or if indeed you enjoyed any of our episodes, uh, join us next week where I promise to return you to the format and I'll be amending my list even further. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. You can reach out to us on all social media. We are at O3C Games. And we are also on Twitter individually if you want to take us to task and our opinions on anything. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jonathan Dunn. I am at Chaz underscore Hodges. Oh, I'll go on then. I'll be at Clement underscore Boo. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And join us next week where I will be amending my list even further i actually will be it balances out though doesn't it because you had a couple of times where people have jumped on other people's lists and said, I'm, I'm getting that in my list too or all that one week where you put two in the list jonathan you bloody cheater i remember that much yeah, so. true, yeah. bloody cheater yeah it's true it's true it's true who knows what's going to happen then stay tuned <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor and now a word from our sponsor Previously on Chat of the Wild. But what we have to do is there are these seeds in these little holes that we have to put specific water on Mm -hmm. to make them grow up. And we get the Mario uh, sound effect for the vines going up. What what exactly is the sound effect for Mario that they use? Can you guys just do that simultaneously again? Thanks. Chat of the Wild, breaking down Zelda and Zelda-like games, one dungeon at a time. Wednesdays on the HyperX Podcast Network. For every episode of No More Whoppers that you listen to, we will send you a 25 cent coupon for participating Kroger's. How many Kroger's are participating? None, but you're still getting the coupon. And it's like 25 cents in 1985 dollars. Right, so today that's like... 28 cents. No More Whoppers, take that to the bank and smoke it. On the HyperX Podcast Network and nomorewhoppers.com. Prime Day is coming. Check out the HyperX store on Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. Stock up on the latest gaming gear from HyperX so you'll be ready for all the new launches and content drops this summer. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't be around long.